listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, I'm going to read to you about seven scriptures in a row here. And I just want you to, because I'm going to be reading from different translations. And uh, because I'm going to set the tone of what I'm going to share with you uh, this morning. And, you know, when I was kind of preparing this and uh, talking to the Lord about what was going on and what was taking place, uh, one of the things that just in my preparation, in my prayer time, it just seems like there's some good things that are about to happen, and not just naturally, but spiritually wise, because, you know, how many of you know things happen spiritually first? It's things happen on the inside of you. You change first, and then your life begins to get better. Hallelujah. Sometimes we're waiting for outside circumstances to change. We're waiting for something to change outwardly so that we can get better. No, you need to be enjoying the day, but also you need to be realized that it's as your soul prospers, so you prosper. But you know, it's hard for people. What I found out over the years, it's hard for people, especially Christians people, uh, you know, to maintain a, an excitement or maintain a, a, a thought process that God is actually going to get things better and better. Many times what happens is usually we go to a mountaintop and then we figure out there's going to be this giant sized valley and then we get another mountaintop and then we get the valley and then we get another mountaintop. But you know what? God doesn't want you to go from mountaintop to valley to mountaintop. Glory to God. I mean, yes, there's times where you have to walk across the valley of the shadow of death. But you should walk across the valley of the shadow of death fearing no evil, knowing that goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. But, you know, the hardest thing for people to do is to possess their souls. And what do I mean by that? It's to grab a hold of their emotions, their mind, their thoughts, their things. Because the enemy is always vying for your thoughts. He's always trying to have things happen that cause you to react. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of things happen this past week because we had a lot of work to do to, get, to make this event. So, you know, when I'm usually when I get really busy working, doing, cleaning, uh, building, doing all that stuff there, the enemy always likes to take advantage and he always likes to do the pile on effect. This happened, that happened, you need to fix this, you need to fix that, this happened, this go, you know, so it's like, wow. And I always know that when he tries to do that, what he's trying to do is to wear me down and he's trying to get me to uh, begin to react to his actions instead of reacting to God's actions. Amen. He always is trying to do that. So for me, that's what he tries. He tries to get me so busy that uh, he tries to like get my spiritual health a little bit lower so that he can say, oh, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to take place. But what I always do, since I know his actions, the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. Amen. We know that. We know, and the Bible says that, that we can stand against the wiles of the devil, so we know his methods. That word wiles means methods. So we know the method. His method, he has one road travel, and that's through your mind. That's through your thoughts. So I want to talk to you about your soul this morning. What I really want to talk to you is I want you to win the, 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 the real life of your soul is what I really want to do. The true life that really you're supposed to have, and I want you to have peace within You know, the Bible says the golden rule is to love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is most people don't even like themselves. They don't like their hair color. They don't like the way they look. They don't like, you know, what's going on in their life. They don't like themselves. It's amazing to me. 
And many Christians don't like themselves. And when I say that, it's not in a natural way. It's in a supernatural way of understanding what God said about you. And it'll change the way you see yourself. Amen. So I'm going to start out in Isaiah uh, 26, Isaiah 26, verse 3. In the King James Version, it says, you know, if you keep your mind on him, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen. In the New Living Translation, it says this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All those, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always for God, the Lord God is the eternal rock. Amen. And Hebrews chapter, or actually I'm going to go to James chapter 1 verse 21. I'm going to read out of the New Living. It says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is a strong, for it is strong enough to save your souls. Hebrews 4.12 out of the King James Version says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 18 and 19 out of the Amplified. It says, This was so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God ever to prove false or deceive us. We who have fled to him for refuge might have mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us and set before us. Now we have this hope as a sure and a steadfast anchor of our soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break. It won't break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence of within the veil. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, it says, And have clothed yourselves with new spirit, with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image or in the likeness of him who created it. Now turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 21. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 21 because I want you to see this one here because I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible uh, and... um, it, and I wanted to, to share, and then I'm going to have you turn to another passage of Scripture, and then we'll actually start the message. How's that? <clears throat> Amen. But I wanted to lay, I wanted to lay a foundation about uh, our thoughts and about our soul, and the, the thing that we have as an anchor to our soul. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. Luke 21, 19 is an interesting verse because in the King James Version, it says, in your patience, possess ye your soul. In your patience, possess ye your soul. You know, in in the New Living Translation, it says this. If I can actually get down to see it. It says this. 
Amen. It says, but by standing firm, you will win your souls. Isn't that an interesting thing? But the Amplified Bible is the one I wanted to get to because that's kind of the whole crux of this thing. He said, by your steadfastness and patient endurance, you shall win the true life of your souls. That's the title this morning is the true life of your souls. Because if I can get you to get your soul in order, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, if I can get you to renew your mind and to think about yourself the way God thinks about you and forget you to act the way God's telling us to act, it'll get you at peace with yourself and you won't be so mean and nasty to everybody else around you. Because the Bible says we're supposed to be encouraging one another. We're supposed to be strengthening one another. Amen? Amen. We're supposed to do that. And we're supposed to do it more and more as we see the day approaching. Hallelujah. As we see this, we see some supernatural things. But the problem is, is that we're so messed up in our souls. Go with me, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, you know, I've been accused of giving way too many scriptures, but that's just me. Okay, that's what I do. I preach that way. I preach that way and share and, and going to do because that's the only thing I know that will help you is the word of God. Okay, so, uh, you know, I give a few stories here and there, but mostly I just share the word of God with you because I want it to get into on the inside of you. I really do. I want you, I want you to see how God wants us to finish this thing out. How does God want to end it and bring back the king? And bring Because the world's going to get darker and darker, folks. The world's not going to make any sense. People are not going to make right decisions. I mean, they're just, they aren't. They're going to get darker and darker, the Bible says. But the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter because we're going to know what to do the truth of the word of God. Amen? See, so we're in a different kingdom. We're, you know, we're, we're walking this thing through. And I know that they're saying, hey, we're going to get to go back to normal. I, I hope we never go back to normal. And when I say that, it's not that we don't have to do the natural things. But no, I don't want us to go back to mingling back with the world. I want us to be separate. I want there to be light and darkness. And there is that. I want us to understand the truth of the gospel and the power of God. Because I believe that God wants to do miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe he wants to show off. I believe he just wants to bring back Jesus' glory to God. But I also believe he wants to do supernatural things through you and I. I believe that. And we've got to stand our ground and trust the Lord in that. Amen? We don't want to go back to just status quo. We don't want to go back to just doing things. We want to, man, we want God has done some things. We've had to stand up for righteousness and truth. We want to keep going. We're winning. We're going to win. You read the back of the book, we win. So we know these things. We take hold of the truths of the word of God. But it's so important that we have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our mind because your, 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 your eyes and your ears, you know, and, your, and your, really your mouth are your windows to your soul. Hallelujah. What do I mean by that? It's that if you don't renew your mind, what happens is, is that you may be born again, but you're going to act like the world. You're going you're gonna, to, if you don't take hold of the truths of the gospel, you can even learn new truths. But if you don't grab hold of it and begin to put it into practice in your life, you'll regress back to the way you were raised. Or you'll regress back to that which has been the most influential in your life. And then you'll blame God. Say, well, I tried that. That didn't work. It's amazing to me how many people have tried God and he didn't work. And I start laughing. I say, listen, the Bible says you don't try him. He tries you and you failed. The Bible says the word of God tries you and you to see if you're going to do it or not, see if you're going to take hold of it. And you failed. God didn't fail. You failed. 
The Bible says we're supposed to walk worthy of the calling that we have. You just weren't worthy enough because you didn't do it right. Don't shout me down now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No, here's what it is. In 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 3, it talks about that we're supposed to add some things to our faith, but there's, there's some really cool things in the New Living that it says I really like. But let's begin reading it, verse 3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything. Everybody say everything. everything. See, so God has given us everything we need, you know, for living a godly life. All right, that ends everybody's excuses. You can't say, it's just so hard. No, God's given us everything. Yeah, but, Pastor, get rid of the but, okay? Just get rid of that. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received. We have received. Not we're going to get it. We have received all of this by coming to know him. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get it all. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Man, aren't you glad everybody else's mistakes, everybody else thinks that they're doing all the things they're doing, you know, how do they, we, get, we can escape all of their problems. Look at verse 9. In view, or excuse me, in verse 5, excuse me. In view of all of this, make every effort. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. See, our response to his word depends on what we receive from him. But here's the thing. It's not your response so much the spirit because your spirit loves the word of God it receives it man boom it's this thing right here that messes you up and it's not even your brain it's your mind you know your mind and your brain are two different things your brain is that matter that's up there but your mind is the spirit of your mind it's the spirit that you have that's why Ephesians chapter 4 said be renewed in the spirit of your mind in your new attitudes and thoughts because when you get born again, you've got to learn how to walk and act in this kingdom. See, we get saved and we make Jesus the Lord of our life or we get salvation and then we don't know how to walk. So we start walking the same way we've always walked. And you mess yourself up. And if you don't stay connected to the vine, if you don't stay connected to the word of God, the very first time that you have a problem, the very first time that uh, something bad happens... And then something other bad happens. Then you just throw up your hands and get mad and say, God, where are you? Well, he hasn't left you. You haven't responded the way you're supposed to respond. Let's read it again. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And then he says, supplement your faith. And I guarantee you, most of you in here, you're supplementing something. You're taking vitamins. You're doing something. Uh, you know, and, and some of you probably supplement your supplements. Who knows what goes on? I mean, you, you, you take so much, you don't know what you're supplementing. But he tells us that we got to add to our faith. we got to add to our faith. And the very first thing he tells us to add to is moral excellence, which means that we got to have a backbone. 
I had the opportunity to preach into the youth or teach the youth on, on Wednesday night. And my heart's cry for them is, is that they stay strong, they stay safe. That as they grow up on fire for God in a youth group, but then when they go off to college and they get to, around professors, they get around people, whether it's Christian or not, doesn't matter. They get around people and, and so they want to explain away the things of God. And they want to get them to say, well, look at history. Who cares about history? It's the word of God. It's what you got to understand. You know, I wouldn't, all that stuff. I mean, we learned all of the things. We, you know, people have always tried to, to disprove the word of God. They always want to try to disprove it because it doesn't work for them. Because they don't respond to it right. And I always tell people, it's too late. They say, well, you know, how, you know, you only, you know, I've had people tell me this all the time, and I use this phrase because people don't understand it. They say, Pastor, the only reason you believe that is because it works for you. <laughs> now, that sounds very good, but believe it or not, that's really not true. I don't believe it because it works. It works because I believe it. Amen. And that's the biggest difference because guess what? I believe the word of God and it didn't work for me sometime. He said, how come? Well, I didn't do it right. I said, well, how do you know you didn't? You did this. It doesn't matter because the word of God always works. So if it doesn't work, it means I didn't do it right. There's nothing wrong with the word. There's nothing wrong with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, when I, was in, when I was going to church when I was a little bitty kid, they shared this. When I was little bitty, I remember this. I don't know how old I was. They said, listen, God's good. The devil's bad. I never forgot that. The second thing was God's always right. That's rule number one. Rule number two, if you think God is wrong, refer to rule number one. <laughs> I've ran my life by that. I think I learned that when I was three or four. Okay, God's good, the devil's bad. So anything bad was always attributed to the devil. Anything good was always given to God. Always gave credit to God for the good and gave credit to the devil for the bad. And you know what? That's never messed me up. I've never blamed God for the bad. Ever. It, it just was, I just thought, that makes sense. Now see, all of you look and say, well, no, no, you don't know. God's allowing this or God's doing this. You know, and, and I always believe God had everything in control. I believe God was in control of everything. But I just never forgot those two fundamental truths. And it changed everything because it makes the word of God. So that when my life is not lining up with the Bible, I line my life up with the Bible. I turn around and go, I got to have a better response. See, when something doesn't work, I don't go, God, what's wrong with you? You know. And, and you, you know, you're trying to tune in the radio station and you go down to the radio station and say, hey, you're not sending your signal out. I can't get it. Yes, they're sending it out. You just got to fix your radio. See, if you always understand that you're the one that has to change and tune and always do and adjust, because you know, it's amazing how many people hate change. Oh, my gosh. We say we're going to do something. Oh, no, don't change. You know, I mean, we rearrange the the. the the whole building here and had, you know, divided so you could get a little closer, made a little more room and all kind of things. Oh my gosh, we took out some special seats because they were your seats that got taken out. So now you had to figure out where you could sit. It was like, hey, you know, we changed, you know, I, I love to change because I, I, you don't ever know what's going to happen, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a builder so I can build and change and create and do. So you never know, you may come in here and all this be done. It's going to be done. We're going to redo the whole stage here one of these days. And you're going to come in, it's going to be all changed. And you're going to be like, I don't like that. Doesn't matter. 
You weren't here to do it. We got it all fixed up. But we've got to change our thought processes. God told us to do that. You know, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says that let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. How did Jesus think? I mean, you look at that and you look at his responses to things, and that's the thing about it. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself of no reputation, and, and stripped himself of all of that right there, and came obedient to the cross. Amen? How to, for the joy that was, you know, that was there that was set before him, which was you and I. Amen. So we see we've got to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We've got to let the spirit of God renew our thoughts and our attitudes. Amen. See, one thing we can't have this better than you attitude, but we also can't have this lower than you attitude. Amen. Because if you don't believe that being a Christian is the greatest thing in all the world, literally in all the world, I'm telling you, if you don't believe that being a Christian and your salvation is the greatest thing that you possess, then we need to hold you down. We need to baptize you one more time till breath, till you believe breath is needful, till the bubble stop. And then you'll be like, yes, I like life. Okay? Because that's what it is. It's this Christian life. It's got to be that way because that's what keeps you excited. In the things of God. Because not only did he say, you know, add to yourself moral excellence, he also said add knowledge. And that knowledge is not natural knowledge. It's not, it's spiritual knowledge. It's knowledge of who you are in Christ, what you have. Because then he said add self-control. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Your self-control is your thoughts and your attitudes and what takes place, you know, and how you respond to things. Amen? Amen. We get all this stuff. Then he said, and to self-control, how about some patience? How about some walking in love? Nobody likes to walk in love. Nobody likes to, to do that. We, don't, you know, we always want to prefer ourselves. We're supposed to prefer other people. Amen. He also says that, uh, you know, after that patient endurance, he said we need to have some godliness, some godlikeness. Amen. And then from godliness to brotherly affection, which we're encouraging, we're strengthening one another. And then brotherly affection comes the agape love of God, which we're loving one another. We're letting God be God. But look at verse, uh, if you would with me, 8 through 10. I want to I read this to you. Uh, I read all that because it's good. But here, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you, are, that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Let me read that to you again. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Don't you want to just take hold and grab? And, and, and that's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing for people to stay in love with Jesus and to, to just stay hooked up and connected. See, because we allow our thoughts to be governed by what we're experiencing. Most people believe that natural things have to change in order for them to be happy. And see, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. You can draw it up anytime you want to. See, you got to control your thoughts. And here's the thing. It's a little saying that I've always had that I've always... If I can control my thoughts, then I can control my faith. And if I can control my faith, then I can control my destiny. Because my faith is what produces the vision God's given me. 
Amen? There are things that we can do. See, if I choose the right thought inconsistent with the word of God, it always lifts me up. It may not be what my feelings want to do. Most of the times, it's not what my feelings want to do. My feelings want to just scream out. Amen? They do. They don't, they don't want to do this. It's like, no, I don't want to do these things here. But then I'm not supposed to be thinking like that. I'm not supposed to be thinking in line with that. Because believe it or not, wherever you set your mind on is where you're going. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, the Bible says. Hallelujah. And that messes us all up. Because you need to understand there are, there are three main areas that when you start to renew your mind, you start to grab a hold and you start to live or win. Here's, remember what it says? It says here that the true life of your souls, you want to win the true life of your souls, the Amplified says in, in 2119. It says, by your steadfastness and your patient endurance, you shall win the true life of your souls. When I saw that in the Amplified, I thought, Lord, what is he said, most people are walking around and, and they're trying to bring peace on the inside and they're not winning the true life of their souls because I want them to be in peace with their mind, their will, and their emotions and to quit thinking that there's something better. See, see that's where we mess up. Yes, can life get better? Absolutely. Can my knowledge of God get better? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Can, can my experiences get better? Yes. But they'll only get better if I'm satisfied knowing that I'm seated at the right hand of the Father and I can't get any higher spiritually. That I've already arrived. So now I'm just finding out, how do I live this life? Man, how do I renew my mind? How do I walk this way? How do I act this way? Man, this, the Bible says I get this. I don't see that in my life, but I'm going to find that door. I'm going to find that room. I'm going to find out how I can get that in there. See, y'all looking at me like, oh, yeah, Pastor, you just crazy. I know, I know I'm different. That's why he made me a pastor, okay? I do know that. See, some of you, we got a few of you that you just different like me, and that's, that's the scary part about it. You just, you talk in all kinds of, you never finish your sentences either. See, and we tele- telecommunicate, so it's like, yeah, we understand each other. It's amazing. But here's the thing. The first thing that happens when you renew your mind on the Word of God, it changes you. You start thinking about yourself differently. Now, I'm not talking about you getting into pride. Listen, I know a whole lot about pride because I loved me more than anybody else. When I was growing up, yes, I loved me. And, and it didn't matter if anybody did. I mean, I had an older brother, an older sister who, you know, they put me down. My older brother beat me up every day. And that was cool because I liked me. And he knew that I liked me. And so that was the cool thing. It didn't matter. See, most people say, well, if that happened, you should be traumatized. No, it just made me better. And I was, you know, and it was that. I mean, you know, it used to be a funny statement that I love me and everybody else loved me, so that made it good. But no, what I'm saying is I had to deal with pride. So I, let me just share, I know what pride is, even though I was born again, but I had to deal with pride. I mean, I thought God wanted me. And he did, but I thought he wanted me because I was so good. <laughs> I, had to, I had to come to the end of me so that I could come to the beginning of him. Okay. And I did that. And in coming to him, then I, but I still realized God made something incredible. So I, but I had to have the right attitude toward myself because the right attitude toward, your, toward yourself determines how you receive, how you get from God. Amen? You've got to learn how to get forgiveness. And you've got to learn how to forgive yourself. 
Because your self-esteem is, is stopping you from seeing God on the inside of you. See, your self-consciousness is stopping you from seeing God's consciousness. You've got to rise up. See, that's what your soul does. Remember I said, made that little funny statement that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, but that's why most people hate their neighbors because they don't like themselves. They really don't. People say, hey, you tell people how that God made them wonderfully, that God's got his hand upon them, that God put his spirit on the inside, that God wanted them, God chose them. They say, yeah, he had to. I found him. And no, you didn't find him. He found you. He chased after you. See, the thing about God is God chases after you. But once you accept him, then you got to chase after him. He don't chase you no more. Because he got you. Now he expects you to just, he expects you this wonderful salvation, this wonderful joy. He gave you his word for us to walk in it. He said, I gave you a whole manual. I gave you a whole book of promises. You just dig in there and find out how to live this life. Wow, just, and I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. Because not only does it affect your self-esteem, but then it affects your vision. It affects your vision for life. So many people don't have a vision for life. In fact, everybody stopped living. They stopped living because of the whole world shut down. So everybody stopped living because they were all afraid to die, but they're really afraid to live. And we as Christians, we're not afraid to live. We're not afraid to have life. Because Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But it also changes our whole aspect of what takes place of our relationship with people. Amen? Our relationship with people is the most amazing thing because we allow people to distract us and, and make us mad and upset us. I mean, just wait. When you get out of here and drive out of here, you, you got a chance to walk in love and let people out of the parking lot. You got a chance to, you get on 99, you get a chance to walk in love with how people drive. You get to go to the restaurant, you get to walk in love and how people park. Hey, man, you get to walk in love and how people serve and all the things and just where you're at and who's going to yell at you for one thing or another. Amen. But I want to give you five things real quick that you got to do for yourself. Amen. Amen. And I got a few minutes to give it, so you're all going to have to listen quick, okay? <laughs> but uh, no, when you renew your mind, Romans chapter 12, when it's, because I want you to win the real or the true life of your soul. See, because when you're at peace with yourself, what other people say or do doesn't bother you. It, it just, you just, you know, all they did was turn in a prayer request. And when things happen, amen, just FYI, just let you know that. Someone says, man, I'll be praying all the time. They turn in a prayer request every hour. That's right. You're going to be a spiritual person by the time you get done, okay? But here it is. It is that when we do this, these things that I'm sharing with you, it's, we just got to make a conscious effort. Remember what it said over here? It said that, Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Amen? You got to make every effort to respond. But here it is here. Very first thing you got to do is you need to say, what do I believe? You got to become aware of how you really think and how you really be. Who is you? Don't, not that's mama said, grandma said, dad said, cousin said, pastor Mark said. No, you got to know, what do I believe? And here's the thing. Once you get that in, you've got to say, how do I really think and believe in me? You know, when Jesus was confronted by the devil, he didn't say, Brother Rabbi said. He said, it is written. He knew what he believed. He knew what he was doing. People say, well, that's Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus told us to be like him. But we need to know that. You need to know what you believe about things. That's why kids, when they go, we want to teach them and ground them and get the truth on the inside of them. Amen. 
Hallelujah. You know, I know I was called and I know what God called me to do. But man, I, I, I and you know, people are always trying to tell you different things. You, you get into the word of God for yourself. I just amazed. I said, well, I believe this because this says it. I said, well, you only believe that because of so-and-so. I said, no, I believe this because let me just give you 15 scriptures of why I believe it. Amen. Because that's why I believe it. You know? I mean, when I went to Bible school, my dad gave me the greatest advice he ever could because he didn't want me to. He said, you're going to a crazy school. I don't like it. You sure? He disowned me. And my dad's in heaven now. He now knows the truth. He's a blessing. He loves God. But the thing about it was is that he just, he didn't understand. But the greatest thing he told me, he said, listen, whatever they tell you, whatever scripture they give you, you read the chapter before and you read the chapter after and you read the chapter in it and you get it in context. So you realize that when you go to a school that's a, that's a, that's a word school, they're going to give you a 500 scriptures you read the whole bible a lot especially if you're listening to your daddy and i love my daddy so i did so for nine months straight they'd give me a scripture so i'd read the scripture the chapter after before the chapter in it and the chapter after it and then i'd get kids low and thrown i just read the whole book but you know you get to get everything in context and you get to find out hey you know and i found out some things my instructor in first hour he didn't tell me the truth. My instructor in third hour, he did tell me the truth. Isn't that amazing? You know, yeah, you find out which one because you say, well, you mean you had an instructor at Bible college that didn't tell you the truth? He told me his truth. He just didn't tell me God's truth. He told me his opinion. But did I, did I get mad? Absolutely not. He was a great teacher, man of God, wonderful guy. He just had his little pet things. Are you, yeah, you see, you guys, y'all, y'all get the nice thing because you can check everything up here. Man, I was back when everybody was crazy. <laughs> one person saying this. I went to a lot of conferences, man. You go to this, you know, this one, this hour, this guy's preaching one thing. This guy's preaching against that person. Next hour, this guy's preaching against both of them. And you don't know who to believe. <laughs> well, how did you get this? I went back and read my Bible. <laughs> and I said, who's right? Who's right? Lord, it's got to line up with this. See, that's what then when people come, well, you're just like them or you're just like that or you're just like that person. I say, well, if they believe this way, God's doing good things because that's what the Bible says. See, but here's the second thing you got to do. Not only do you got to be aware of who you are, but then you got to be aware of what, how God thinks. And here's the thing about it is, See, the second thing is you've got to be aware of how God thinks, and you've got to line yourself up with how the way God thinks. The third thing is you've got to focus on your thoughts, on God's thoughts, because God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And they're different. Amen. And that's where you renew your mind to what God says, and you agree with what God says. See, the first one I say, I just lay it on and say, God, I look at it, I believe this, this, this. And then God says, I believe this. I go, this is what I believe. <laughs> See, because God's always right. Now, it's kind of hard to get rid of with those things. So I got to start believing this, acting on this, talking about this, making this a way of life. Because this has been a way of life all my life. And if I don't stay connected over here and I don't stay connected to what the Word of God says, I'll fall back over here. And I'll get what I get here, but I want what I get here. That's what I want. Amen? That's what I want. See, because that's the fourth thing you got to do is start practicing. God doesn't mind if you practice, just practice and say, you know, but I, I just want to be perfect at it. And you're not going to be perfect unless you practice. Everybody wants to play the piano like some great person. Everybody wants to be able to, you know, golf like all the great golfers. Or everybody wants to be this great baseball or whatever they want to do. They want to be this great professional thing, but they never practice. 
You can't be. It's not going to work. You got to practice. Why is it every spring training they go over the basics and they make them practice? Well, they've been playing this for years. They're professional. They shouldn't have to practice. But you know that all those that do practice usually win on those that don't practice. God, won't, what do you mean by practice, Pastor? What are you talking about there? Well, here's the first thing. You've got to practice thinking God thoughts about yourself until they become you. You've got to start thinking, you know what? God actually likes me. God made me in his image and his likeness. God said, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. God said he placed his spirit on the inside of me. That same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in me. And it quickens my mortal body. God said, I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. God said, I have an anointing that abides within me. That I need not that any man teach me. But that same anointing that abides, it'll teach me all things. God said, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. God said, he never leave me nor forsake me. So that I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto to me. God said that he'll always go before me, that favor goes before me like a shield. God said all things work together for the good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. God said some things about me. Hallelujah. God placed me. He called me an overcomer. He called me more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. God said he had a plan and a purpose for my life. God said my steps are ordered. Amen. That's what his word says. When you begin to change your thought processes about yourself, it changes you. And you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it because when you come into situations where your thoughts and your attitude says, I want to beat that guy up. I just want to hit that person. I want to, I mean, how can people be so stupid? How can they, and you start reacting out of your head or out of your, then you got to stop and say, oops. All right, I got to start practicing with the presence of God. I got to start practicing what God says. I got to get my mind back. See, because renewing your mind is not an experience. It's a lifestyle. I mean, I've been doing this for years and years and years, and I still can have fits of carnality. I thought my flesh was dead till this past week. And when you get tired and you're doing things, then you go out and do something that you don't think right, and then all of a sudden, because you did something, it cost you... Another problem? That's what happened. And then when you do something else, and then what the devil does, he says, watch this. I'll break this over here, and that'll really tick him off. <laughs> and watch this. I'll do this and watch this. You know. And see, that's how I know how the enemy works in my life. He always tries to do that because he'll say, I think I got him. And that's when I start laughing because it's the pile-on effect. You know, when, when dumb things break, you know, it's just like, uh, devil, you played your hand. All right. I'm going to have fun now. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get back into things. I'm going to take hold of the word of God. Glory to God. I'm going to let what God does. All right. Last scripture. Go to 3 John 2 with me, if you would. 3 John 2. Hallelujah. Because here's the thing about it. The whole reason for this, this whole message is because without us getting your mind renewed and getting your soul and you having your true life for, of your soul or your mind, your will, and your emotions being in check is because you can't prosper. You can't succeed in the way God wants you to succeed if you're always reacting out of your head in the wrong way. It just doesn't work. See, because 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Amen? That's what the King James Version says. The, the New Living says this. 
He said, dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. And now, I think they misconstrued the spirit because many times when you used to ask people, what's the difference between the soul and the spirit? And they'd say, I thought it was the same. It can't be the same because the word of God says it can be divided. See, so your spirit is alive unto God. Your spirit's ready. Your spirit's like, whoo, it receives everything that God has. It's your mind that's having this fit. Because it's, you know, when I just quoted you all the scriptures and talked about who you are, what you have, you're like, wow, that's really cool. Because each and every one of you, that belongs to you. But it doesn't register because you can't think of yourself in such a great way. And you need to. You need to think of yourself. And see, and it's not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. It's simply thinking of yourself in the exact same way that God thinks. So all I'm doing is agreeing with him. I just agree that what he said is true about me. And when you agree with that, it changes your perspective. Because I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers. So if your soul's not prospering, because like I said, we get messed up all the time. I mean, you're going to have two greeters meet you at the door. One's going to be, you know, faith or the spirit of God says, I'm going to, I'm going to, as much as in me, I'm going to take every effort how to to have the best response to the promises of God. I'm going to receive them. Man, what pastor says good. And the next one's going to be Satan and doubting. He's going to try to steal the word of God. And he's going to steal the word of God. Well, that, can you believe how that person looked at me? (laughs) They didn't even say hi. I know that person. What is wrong with them? Where are we going to lunch? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? You, you can have your joy stolen before you even get out the door. How do I know this? <laughs> Hallelujah. I've had, you know, it's like all of a sudden, hey, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. It's like, wow, you know. Hey, we got to hurry up because we got to go here. Hey, we got to hurry up because we got to do this. It's like, well, wait a minute. We just need to take a time out and meditate just a few moments on how to react to these things. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these amazing folks. They're so precious. They're so wonderful. They are just amazing. Lord, I, I just, they just draw and they're just such precious. Father, my heart's desire this morning is that the word of God does penetrate. I know their spirit's just thriving right now, but Father, that their mind, that they grab a hold of the truths of the word of God. Just one nugget that can cause truth to be made known unto them right now in Jesus' name. That's my heart. Father, because I, I, I want them to win the true life of their soul. I want them to really have peace, to walk around with peace, the peace that passes all understanding that guards our heart and mind. You said you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Father, when our mind and our thoughts are in line with your thoughts, there's peace. That doesn't mean that we don't deal with things. We have to, we have test trials. It doesn't mean that we don't have to make decisions because we do. We have to make lots of decisions. It's just simply that since we've got your mind, your spirit, we make right decisions. Decisions based on what we sense in our heart, not just based upon facts. Father, it's like this. That's how we make a decision for Christ. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, they may be in this place. They may know about you. They may know of you. They may even believe in you, but they've never made Jesus the Lord of their life because they've never believed in their heart and made a decision to believe and to confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. And if you're here or you're watching this and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life because you didn't make a decision, 
You didn't make a decisive decision. Say, I'm going to believe. I'm going to take hold and believe this. Hallelujah. I want you to believe this today. And if you're here in the congregation, hallelujah, or if you're watching, you can raise your hand too. But if you're here and you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, or you need to come back to God, or you just need to know for sure, God loves you. He cares. Don't let guilt and condemnation. Listen, if you missed it, you sin, you ask God to forgive you, wash it away. Do not let the enemy bombard you and hold you in bondage. If you ask God to forgive you, you ask the person to forgive you. If they don't, that's on them. You just walk free. You walk free because you have to walk free. We all make mistakes. We all have blown it. I have blown it many times. Not on purpose, but I messed up. Hallelujah. But God loves you. He cares for you. So if, you, if you're here and you need Jesus, raise your hand real high. You want to come back to God, I'm going to pray for you. I love you. God loves you. Hallelujah. Father, I believe that every person here, they do love you. They, they are been born again. They do believe in Jesus. That's why you gave me this message for the body of Christ. In fact, you've just been stirring my heart up for the body of Christ because you want the body of Christ to be saved. You want them to walk in victory. You want them to walk in peace and joy. Lord, my heart is for that. My heart is for that. Oh, Lord God, touch their lives. Father, thank you that as we go out these doors, we're going out into a mission field of people that are going to come in contact with us. And we want to bring the love of Jesus out there. We want to bring the life of Jesus. We want to bring your presence everywhere we go. So let us react with your thoughts and with your plans and your purposes. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for these amazing folks. Lord, we just honor you and love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.